Oh, welcome back, and thank you. It's time for the second one. Are you ready? Good. Let's go. People always get mad at haters, you know, uh, no matter what type of hater it actually is, people get mad at it because it could be there's the hater that is jealous of you because you're successful. And then there's the hater that knows they're at a higher level than you are right now, but they need you to kind of stay down there to make themselves feel better. And either one of them sucks. I remember when I was a little kid, I mean, uh, I was little, you know, I was you know, in grade school, and I was, I was, you know, kind of a dopey looking kid with big glasses, and yeah, I was just thinking about what, I, yeah, I really, really was dopey looking, you know, some big ass glasses I had, and I was also tiny at the time, and it was really bad, man, it was just horrible, you know, the girls treated me like crap, you know, there was always bullies trying to beat my ass, and it was really, really a bad, 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 bad period in my life. So one day we're in classroom and um, <laughs> I can laugh at it now, but uh, we're in the classroom and I'm sitting in the back of the class and I'm just trying to, you know, I'm basically I'm just trying to keep my head down. You know, I just want everybody to just leave me alone because I know, you know, every contact with my classmates was horrible. You know, I had a couple of friends, a couple of the other brains in class, but but it was just, you know, <laughs> it was just it was horrible. All right. And. uh you know, the girls didn't like me back then. And and uh, so we're in the classroom. And I'm sitting in the back. Just like I said, just kind of putting my head down on the desk, just kind of trying to be cool and be quiet and hopefully let everybody else do what they're going to do someplace else and just leave me the hell alone. And one of my biggest nightmares at the time came true. The teacher leaves the classroom and she made it clear that she was going to the principal's office to do something. And I knew that meant she was going to be gone for a long period of time. Good God, no. Now, my first thought was, oh, crap. I'm going to have to get into a fight with these bullies again. I don't feel like getting punched. I don't feel like trying to hit somebody because I'm not going to win this because they're all each one of them individually is bigger than me. So I, I just, you know, maybe I have a chance with one of them, but I just don't need this shit. But that didn't happen. And, I, and, and the funny thing is that had happened before, so I could actually have dealt with that. I, I had some experience with that part of it. But the other thing happened. The girls, they decided they wanted to have a contest. Uh, well, not a contest. That's the bad, that's the bad way to explain it. They wanted to rate the boys on hotness in the classroom on a scale of 1 to 10. Yeah, I knew this was not going to end well for me. Okay. So... <laughs> So, of course, the jocks, the pretty boys, the popular guys in classes get tens, nine, ten, nine, nine, ten, nine, nine, ten, nine. And they start going to the regular guys in class, seven, eights, sevens, nines, eights, you know, that kind of thing. And then they get to me. It's like they save the worst for last. And I put my head down and say, oh, God, here comes my number. They write the number on the board. And I didn't hear any snickering. And I'm going, okay, this is either really good or really bad. And I look up at the board and everyone's kind of, you know, being quiet. And I walk up to the board and I can see 
as I approached the board, a seven. Now I know I'm not a seven. I know this. You know, I know that that can't that can't possibly be my number. These people don't like me. The girls think I'm I'm smart. They'll ask me to help with, with the homework, but they don't find me attractive. I know there's no way in hell I'm a seven. I saw guys in the classroom who were kind of average looking. They were getting sevens, and I didn't even look as good as those dopes. So there's no way. But then I thought, wait a minute, what am I saying? I mean, maybe they're just being nice. Maybe they realize that because I'm the worst looking person here and I'm a, a big mess to these people, maybe the girls are showing some compassion here. And maybe they just give me a seven, you know, you know, just give them a seven. What difference does it make? We all know he's dopey looking. So I go up to the board and I see the seven and I'm going, finally, finally something good has happened for me and I don't have to worry about people being mean to me. And then I got closer to the board and closer to the board and I put my stupid sun, my, my stupid glasses on and then I see it to the direct left of the seven was a decimal point. Yeah. You see, they hadn't given me a seven. They had given me a point seven. How did that make me feel, you ask? Well, it made me feel like a piece of... But when I think about it now, I think these people actually gave me one of the best gifts I have ever had. Mainly because that was probably, uh, during my childhood, the worst I could possibly feel. There's literally nothing that feels worse than having the entire classroom do that to you. Uh, but I was able to survive it. And by the end of the year, um, I started to grow a little bit. And I became a better athlete. I was already smart. And I started to feel good. I started to feel good because they tried to crush me, but they couldn't. There's, there's something about having people try to just absolutely crush you and surviving it and realizing they don't have that kind of power. It was great. I mean, like I said, from the worst feeling in the world to going, that's the best shot you actually can have. That's the best you could do to try to hurt me. It really is. But you didn't. You made me feel bad for a while. But the next day I thought, well... I'm still alive. I mean, all they did was be mean, but how long is that going to last? I'm not going to be in school with these people forever. I'm not here for them anyway. I'm here to, you know, get something for myself. Now, granted, I ain't going to lie to you. In my mind, I had some fantasies at that moment, boy. I really had some fantasies in my mind of just standing in front of that class, and boy, I just wanted to... All right. Which one of you had the bright idea to try to humiliate me, even though I didn't do anything to them? Oh, you? Could you come here for a minute? I want to show you something. Or even better, get one of those people that did it and grab them and go, Hey, come here for a minute. Yeah, could you turn around for a minute? And then grab, and then grab their pants and this pants the bastard. How do you like this? Oh, you don't like humiliation? Really? Oh, ain't that a shame? Oh, people laugh at you. Oh, 
But I thought better of it. I realized it's not the way to go about things. And like I said, I'll just let it brush off of my back. And I went about the rest of my day and forgot about it until now. Yeah, until now. I never did get my sweet revenge on those bastards. <laughs> now is the time. I shall have my revenge. <laughs> what is it with ex-girlfriends that for some reason they seem to want to get in shape and stop being crazy after they leave you? I mean, we would have, I'm serious, I said to her, I said, you know, if you would stop the whole setting people on fire and cutting the brakes and faking pregnancies thing, we would have never broken up. You know? I'm just, I'm just saying that's what it would, we would have never broken up had you stopped doing that. You know? I mean, when your family came over and you went into the bathroom and they said, sweet Jesus boy, get out while you can, maybe I should have listened to that. Granted, you were extremely good looking and you have a fantastic body and I really enjoyed getting it on with you. So I probably wouldn't have listened anyway. But that's the thing I gotta realize. You gotta look at the way people's you know, the significant others, their relatives, the look in their eyes when they see you walk into the house. Because a lot of times they'll try to judge you. They'll look at you as the guy coming in to meet with the girl. You know, they they look at you and they give you that look like, Look at you, you dirty bastard, I know what you you're just another guy who just wants to come here and have the nerve to meet me and try to ask for permission to put your penis in my daughter. You dirty bastard out of cut you. That's what the guy's thinking. That's what the father's thinking. Right? And that's usually what happens. But I should have known something was up when I walked in and the guy's like, listen, um, yeah, um, I'm not really going to learn your name. Um, I'll probably... You know, there's really no reason for me to try to learn your name, sir, because it's probably going to be on the restraining order. Um, it's probably going to be on the reports at the, at the courts uh, after the first time she tries to kill you. So there's really no reason for me to try to memorize it. But if somehow you're able to de-crazy my daughter, um, I just want to say welcome to the family. I want to say that uh, I was just like you. Our mother was exactly the same way. And, uh, you know, when they say getting shot, that the bullet burns when it goes in, they're not kidding. And also, guard your genitals and your neck when she gets upset. That's all I'm saying. No mother pulls you to the side. I know what he said. He's just being dramatic. My daughter is... I mean, I, she's saying she's crazy. And of course, I bet he said that I was crazy. I'm not crazy. He's the one that's crazy. I mean, I tell him to do stuff. Like I say, go to the store for me. And he's saying all of this. I'm in the bathroom right now. And I'm thinking, what does that got to do with me? You either go to the store now, or I come in there, right? I mean, um, <laughs> yeah. This is the family I wound up going into. What the hell? See, that's what happens when you're 20 years old, or you're 22 years old, or you're 25 years old, or whatever. You put up with crap. You put up with crap that that you just you just want to have access to some woman's delicious hee-ha-ha-ha, and you don't care what the hell happens. You put up with anything. Me? As an older guy, oh, no, no, no. 
the first sign of bull crap, I am the hell out of there. Because I'm at the I'm at the age now where you know you basically you're dating to find someone that maybe you can have children with, maybe you you know in a, in a marriage. Um, and so I'm thinking I'm not because you have to think in terms of in the beginning of the relationship, everything's great. You got all the hormones going and everybody's great and everything's fantastic and all of this kind of crap. But you have to ask yourself, what's this going to be like when those hormones are gone and it's just you two together? What's it going to be like then? What's it going to be like? See, my thing is everybody talks about the first time you lay down together and the first time and, the, and she's undressed and she's wonderful in the first time. And it's the same thing with no, the first time he's this, the first time that, that. No, man, forget about the first ever. Forget first schmerced. You know what you need to think about? Think about what's going to happen 50 screws in. The, the 51st time you screw, ask yourself, wait a second. Because by then, people start acting like they're really going to act. You understand what I'm saying? You know, when, you, when you're sitting at the, 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 at the table and you're, uh, you know, you're ordering something and the waitress smiles at you and you smile back the same way you would have smiled at any other human being that would have smiled. And you can already see her looking at your neck, rubbing the tip of the knife. She looks good, doesn't she? Oh, uh, no. No, she doesn't. Why are you looking at her? Because she was talking to me. Oh, so you're going to talk to the bitch, huh? Okay, here we go. <laughs> you know, and this is not gender-specific. Guys are just as nuts. I've known guys that were literally standing at the door when their women came home. And this guy goes, oh, wait a minute. It's 6.03, woman. You're supposed to be home at 6 o'clock. It takes 15 minutes to get from your office to the house. And, and it's 6.03. Who you with? And women, see, guys, when guys are uh, dealing with an angry woman, we kind of calm down and shut up a little bit. We go, oh, yeah, you know, girl, I was just, you know, I, women will fire right back, man. They come back with the bomb. They don't, they don't do any kind of subtle stuff. They come in with the, with the Uzi. What you doing, 603? You going to come back? 603? 603? Three minutes? You think I left you for a man who's going to last for three minutes plus travel time? If I was going to do that, I might as well stay with you. Bam! That's right. They go for it. And that's the thing, man. You know, I, I used to see my grandparents' marriage. My grandparents' marriage, they were married for a long period of time before they passed away. And it was it was a beautiful thing to see. Um, I mean, the marriage is weird, but uh, it, was, it was nice to, to find someone that will put up with your particular brand of idiocy for that, that length of time. <laughs> I mean, that's basically what you will when you get married in the first place. It's like, listen, I'm a huge douchebag, and you're nuts. But your nuttiness, I find endearing. And apparently you find my douchebaggery very endearing as well. So let's let's ruin each other's lives instead of torturing two other people. What do you say? And in addition to that, let's make two small people who turn into big people who go on to screw up the lives of other people. Huh? Let's keep this dysfunction right here. Because that's what you're doing. I wish it was like when we were kids, man. Because you can't even end a relationship anymore. Nowadays, people are, you know, you'll see, you even see it on the internet. People are going nuts and stabbing each other and blowing each other up and driving cars over top of each other and all this weirdness. Or, or if you have any money, they try to take all your money. Or, you know, some one parent wants to hide the kids from the other one, which is really hilarious. You know, especially because usually what happens is one, that you both love your kids. Okay, both parents love the kids, but let's let's keep it real. It, it, there's always one parent that loves the kids 
more than the other one. No one will admit that. No parent's going to admit that. No, no one's going to go, you know, son, I love you. I mean, not as much as your mother does. <laughs> I mean, come on. You know what I'm saying? I mean, come on. Sometimes I find you quite annoying. No parent's going to say that. And the mother's not going to go, you know, I carried you for nine months, and um, you're just as painful on the outside of my body as you were on the inside. Would you shut, please shut up and get away from me? They're not going to say that. They may want to, but they're not going to say it. And it always amazes me that when a people break up, they do the nastiest crap you could possibly think of to each other. You know, and you see, you know, I, I get a kick out of watching one parent threaten the other parent with keeping the kids. Oh, yeah, well, you're never going to see the kids. Because usually the person saying that is the person that likes the kids more. The other parent's going, let me get this straight. The kids that are annoying the crap out of me, you're going to keep them in the house with you. I'm just going to have to kick down some money to you, which based on the percentage that the judge is going to take, is much less than I would have been paying had I been in the house with you. And in addition to that, I get to show up every couple of weeks with some gifts, be the great guy, and then leave, and then you have to do all the disciplining. And in addition to that, I get to bang my secretary. Oh, this divorce is going to suck. No. But even after hearing all of that and living through all of that and seeing all of that and experiencing all of that, I still one day would like to get married and still one day would like to have kids. It would be cool to do that because I love hanging out with my little nephews and my little cousins and all that kind of stuff. I know it's different being a parent. I know it's different being a parent than being a cousin, even if they're at your house all the time, even if you have them for extended periods of, periods of time. I know it's different. But I love kids. So what am I going to do? You can't rent them. Can you rent kids? Hmm, I better stop this podcast and go do some Googling. I might be able to rent some kids. You can have fun with them. You can play with them. You can teach them some math and read to them. Then when they start becoming big pains in the ass, you get rid of them. Oh, man, I definitely got to do some Googling. Um, okay, guys, until next time, uh, this is this Anthony, the Yes, Anthony Says podcast. Uh, I got to go. I have got to find out if I can rent some kids and then give them back to people after I finish you know, playing baseball with them and stuff. I, I got to look this up. See you. Everybody has those days where you just want people to leave you the hell alone. You know, those days where you just don't want to hear the same bullshit stories. You don't want them trying to manufacture conversations by talking about the weather. You just don't want to be bothered. And a lot of times people can't just look at you and see that it's one of those days, but they really need to know. And I think as a society, we should come up with a piece of clothing or something to let people know this is not the day to come and bother me with your bullshit. I think we should invent something called the get the fuck away from me hat. Because there's some days you just want everybody to just get the fuck away from you. You don't want to hear about their bullshit stories. You don't want to hear about their lives. You don't want to see pictures of their kids. You don't want to hear them complaining about their problems. You got your own problems right now and you are worn out. We need to get the fuck away from me hat. I mean, the reason I say hat is because I want people to be able to see from across the street that they need to leave you alone. You know, they go, hey, let's, there's that's Anthony over there. Let's go over there and bore him with our bullshit stories that he's already heard a billion and a half times, even though, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. He's got his get the fuck away from me hat on. Well, leave him alone. Leave him alone. That would be good. Because a lot of people aren't as nice as I am about it. Because I'll just put up with it for a little while and then try to find a way to get away. But some people, woo some people, uh, uh, you know, it'll, it, won't, it won't be good. It won't be good at all because they, they'll be a little different than I am. Hey, there's Jim over there. 
Hey, let's go over there and talk about stupid shit and waste this time. Hey, Jim, here's that bullshit story we were telling you about the whole... You're going to love this. This is great. This is a great story about how my grandfather had a really decent bowel movement. It's about 20 minutes long. Want to hear it? Yeah, that, that, that wouldn't be good. That wouldn't be good at all. Uh, yeah, I, I, w I wouldn't suggest actually going about it that way. I would probably suggest walking away from people. But but be careful. There's a lot of people out there that aren't as nice as I am, and that that could be an alternative for them. So I'm just saying, somebody out there, please invent the get the fuck away from me hat. Um, I'm not an inventor or anything like that. So, I mean, it's up to you guys to invent the get the fuck away from me hat. All I ask for is a small percentage of profits because it is my original idea and that I could be the spokesperson for the brand. That's all I ask. You know, I don't I don't think that's too much to ask. Not really. I don't think so. My friends always give me a hard time because, see, I'm one of those guys that I don't do one night stands. I've always been a relationship type of guy. And it's not that I have anything morally against one night stands. If you want to get it on, that's fine. And quite frankly. Uh, if there were no diseases in the world, I would also probably do it if I found someone attractive like that. But I'm one of the, I have not gotten it on with a woman without her having a blood test first since 1999. And that's not going to change. My, my boys get, they give me a hard time. Yo, man, I don't know why these girls like your little short, goofy looking ass. But for some reason, they be trying to give you all that butt and you ain't taking it, man. What's wrong with you? And the reason is, I don't want any diseases. I have never had a venereal disease scare, and I will never have a venereal disease scare. Every last one of them has had a venereal disease scare. You know, so much so that I've literally had to drive these guys to the clinic, shaking in the, in the, in the passenger seat of my car, talking about, Yo, man, I need you to drive, man. I can't think straight, man. I think that girl called me, man. She has something, man. What am I going to do, man? Now, having seen that, why the hell would I get it on with a chick without her having a blood test first? Not only because I want to know that she's clean, I want her to know that I'm clean. Some of the times a woman will ask me first, when I'm, and I'm thinking, cool, because I was going to ask you too. And then we go down, we find out we're both clean, and then I take her back to my place and um, we go to Funky Town. <clears throat> you know, much like Kumo D said back in the day, <laughs> I go to work. But other than that, I'm not catching the disease because I, oh, I have to have it now. Mm -mm. <laughs> it's like having a bunch of alcoholics in your family or drug addicts in your family. Once you look at them and see what their life's turned out to be, do you want to have a drink when you've seen your cousin, your uncle, your dad vomit on themselves? You know what I'm saying? In front of public or, or walking out at Thanksgiving with his, with his penis out talking about them. Hey! Is everybody happy? Yeah. You don't want that. You know, you have the high relative walking into the room. So, uh, it's Christmas, right? You go, uh, no, it's, uh, it's not Christmas. It's, uh, it's March. And, um, actually, I don't know you, sir. Your family is on the house across the street. So you don't want to deal with that kind of stuff. And that's why I had made the decision. I am not dealing with anybody, any woman at all. No woman is going to see my <laughs> or have my hee-ha-ha -ha put up her hoo-hoo-hoo unless there's been a blood test first. I know my friends ridicule me. 
But uh, like I said, I've never had any STD scares. <laughs> and there you have it. I just want to say thanks for stopping by again and hope to see you again next time. That's Anthony out. Time while up in here.